0: Pause your word counts and enjoy.
1: Julie. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Jessica. I'm very excited for this year. Even January is going to be awesome. So we just had our member meet up with Mary, Minister of Happiness. We have our members only panel coming up on the 18th and the submission strategy workshop. Three days, edit your query, your first page, then interpret your rejections. It's a good time. But today, have we got an episode for you. Julie, what was your favorite part?
0: Social media is always one of my favorite discussions because I think it's the elephant in the room. You know, every single panel we've done for the last six years. Someone's asked about platform. And regardless of whether you need a nonfiction platform or you're just looking to build a writer's platform, it is really difficult. And today we dive right in.
1: I love how she talks about how it is scary to be a writer and get yourself on the internet in a way that feels very vulnerable. I love how she talks about Instagram, how she makes it look good. And I think my favorite thing actually is just her spirit of, you know what might be fun? Let's try it. Yeah.
0: I think everyone's going to find a little something in this podcast today.
1: Yeah. So specifically, we talk about Instagram and Canva to make graphics or perhaps help your Instagram, how to choose an aesthetic, how to figure out how to get all of your content into one place how to start a podcast, and even how to have a pen name. So without further ado, here's Sarah. Sarah Blair is an author of sexy, snarky, supernatural fiction. She graduated from the University of Tennessee, where she earned her BA in creative writing, summa cum laude. As an enthusiastic fan of The X-Files, she began her writing career penning fan fiction. Now she's the author of three books in the urban fantasy series, Tides of Darkness. When she's not writing, she is a host and showrunner for The X-Cast, an X-Files podcast. Sarah, welcome. Thank you so much for being here.
2: Thank you. It's a pleasure. I'm so glad we finally got to get together and do this.
1: Yes, I'm so happy too. So today we are talking about how to self-promote as an author, how it doesn't have to be scary, how you don't have to be intimidated, and how you can pick up skills along the way. And Sarah, you are someone who has picked up so many skills. You can podcast, you can edit, you can use Instagram. Tell us how all of this happened, please. It's
2: been quite a journey. <laughs> So I think Jessica, I know you from way back when, like what ten years now, right? Has it it's been very long? possible? I think it, yeah, I think it's been that long because I got on Twitter when I was pregnant with my son, and he's ten years old now. So that's where I was introduced to the writing community via Twitter around 2012 ish, and that's how I just met so many writer friends and made so many writer friends. It was a really fun place to be at the time. And then I met X-Files people and got into the X-Files community online. And it's just kind of grown into this amazing thing. And really, it all started when I decided to self-publish as an indie author. I do everything for myself. It's been a lot to learn
1: along the way and pick up. Well, they talk about how if you're an independent author, you learn to be not just an author, but a publishing house. And part of that is that you are your own marketing and publicity team. I wanted to talk a little bit with you about the fact that this is relatively new authors didn't used to have to promote themselves they could write in a room and mail off their manuscript and if they had to do a reading hire a mall santa to be the author character that they had created they never had to show up as themselves or very rarely and now that has changed so much so fast and so many writers are introverts and like me dive behind the couch if someone brings out a camera so how do you overcome that? And how do you get over those feelings of, I'm just an introvert? I don't know how to do this.
2: I don't, I just do it anyway. <laughs> I do it scared <laughs> in practice, 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 practice. When Instagram introduced Reels, that was the big thing. Grow your audience using Reels, get on camera, do these things. And I started out playing around with that. And I thought it was really fun to do the lip sync videos and to take the sounds and the audio and put my own spin on that. And I was not very good at it at first. And it felt so awkward and I did not enjoy it at all. But after a while, I just started doing it. and it got easier every time I did it. And I felt a little less silly every time I did it because everybody else was being silly doing it. People started telling me how much they enjoyed my reels because I was thinking about just not doing them. And every time I maybe took a break from them, people asked where the rest of my reels were. And the same thing with podcasting, actually, I had gotten into podcasts because my books, the Ties of Darkness series, like X-Files meets Arthurian legend. So I found an X-Files podcast. And at 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 the time, there were not that many out there. There's been several come out in the time that I've been doing the X-Cast, but Camille Nanjiani's was about the only one really out there that was well known. And then there was the X-Cast and they were at the beginning in the first season of the X-Cast. So I just found an email for the show and said, Hey, I've got this book out and I love the X-Files. Can we work together? Can I like do an episode with you? Tony said, yes, he's the executive producer. So we did one episode and I guess he thought I was great and invited me back. then I started hosting and I felt so awkward at first. It was just a really weird feeling to just be talking. But the more I did it and the more I got used to it, it became so much easier. So now I love podcasting and it's so much fun to get together and talk with people. But, you know, the imposter syndrome never really goes away at all. I was always worried about how my voice sounds and that kind of thing. Oh, same friend. (laughs) I think we all are. And it was so hard for me to start editing at the beginning because I didn't really edit the episodes to start with. And when I started editing my own episodes. I hated my voice. It's was like, I can't do this. I can't edit my own voice. I can edit other people, but not me. I don't want to hear myself talk, but I've heard from fans and regular listeners. They're like, you are fine. It doesn't matter. I don't care.
0: I think it's so interesting when you talk about just the uncomfortableness of putting yourself out there like that, and also that you force yourself to do it.
1: Can you talk a little bit about making a pen name and a brand for yourself and how all of that works too? Yes. So a little while back in October, I did start a pen name from scratch
2: and it was terrifying because I didn't share it with anybody. I felt like I was sneaking in the back door of Syngram and I was extremely intentional on what I wanted to create. So I created this whole brand to start off with because Sarah Blair has been this thing that I've been learning as I go. And it's been all over the place. And I only just recently have nailed down exactly what I want it to be. So in that process, it gave me the opportunity to really start something with this pen name. And I nailed down exactly what I wanted. I knew how to do the branding already. And I just started from scratch. And it's been a slow build, but it's been so amazing. People have just really responded to the stories. It's basically just an experiment. And it was so fun because I didn't feel the pressure. I was just this unknown, anonymous person writing these muddy books. And it was romance books and felt like people weren't watching me the same way as they might have been on my Sarah Blair account. I've built like an amazing art team. I've made so many friends. People are so willing and excited to share my posts and I've done it all without showing my face. So I can attest to the point that if you don't want to show your face and you're not comfortable
1: being on camera you don't have to be i love this what if everyone out there who's nervous about this creates an alter ego pen name realizing that anything can go horribly wrong they could literally be on fire and it doesn't matter because it's not them and then they can learn everything in a low pressure test Said it yes i like that idea Okay. So that can be homework for everyone. Go think of your alter ego. Go start posting. And once you see that the world doesn't end, perhaps you can post under your own name too. Right. Yeah. (laughs) What is something great that you wish you knew going in? That's a good question. I think the best thing
2: that has been so helpful to me is done is better than perfect. That's really gotten me through and helped me in the most ways because I was so caught up in the anxiety of trying to do a good job and trying to please everyone and trying to make things that people would like, that it was a lot of pressure and a lot of unnecessary pressure. So I think once I realized, number one, not that many people are seeing everything I do. And number two, people are all in the same boat. We're all fumbling through this crazy thing together. Once I gave up on the idea of getting visibility, that's where it started to be really fun. Just have fun. Don't worry so much. Don't put that pressure on yourself because you'll just burn out. It's not worth it. If you're not having fun, and you're just tired all the time after a month off of instagram with no posts i didn't lose any followers everybody was still there when i came back the earth didn't open up and swallow Mm -hmm. everybody nothing happened it was fine no it's okay Okay. to take breaks switch up things to try new things and see what works And if it doesn't work go back to things that do work it's not
1: a big deal or try something else it's interesting because it feels to me almost like, oh, you thought you left middle school. Little did you know, it is now your personal, professional responsibility to oh. post things that everybody likes or else. Oh, my gosh. Right. And not call
0: social media middle school. It you feels like it, though. It. It, it does. If it does,
1: though. Like 10 years ago or more when Instagram was starting out and the whole thing was everyone looked better than real life on Instagram. I'm like, I hate selfies. I hate how everyone looks better. This feels like a magazine that is bad for your self-esteem, except it's people you know, so it's worse. I'm going to delete this app.
2: It was so hard in the beginning, wasn't it? And now it's grown and changed. And I think people are relaxing a little bit more. I guess for me, I was such a huge X-Files fan in middle school. Like I haven't changed. I found my brand early. I'm spelled in writing and book. That's me.
1: I love that, though. And, and you'd see those posts that were supposed to make you feel better that are like, here's what you see. And then here's the entire production crew behind it. And what mm-hmm. my brain took from that is, oh, I need a production team. Yeah, I'm going to delete <laughs> exactly. this app again.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I think that we all make it seem bigger than it is, really. Mm-hmm. It,
1: I mean, I think it's easy to look on someone
0: that's really curated like you and say, I could never do that this whole episode is about small steps, create your bucket, make a plan. Once you find your people, you can test out the type of posts they're going to react to. And that is what's really cool about this free market we have of here's kind of a vibe, like the okay, I'm not gonna do a whole project on that vibe. Here's a new vibe. I like this vibe. You know, it's an amazing tool for creators and it's an amazing tool for just something you can stand on, which helps you with the things that you want to put out there in the world.
1: Can you, if you're comfortable, tell us about a mistake you made where it ended up being okay? I'm sure there's been so many.
2: Well, one time it happened where I posted the wrong posts on the wrong account. Oh no. So I had to delete it really quick. Nobody noticed. It was fine. I was expecting it to happen at some point because i'm back and forth between the accounts, and it is a lot of work to have two accounts let me tell you but yeah i did post a very smutty muddy post on my cerebral account for my other
0: account by accident
1: well i'm glad you it noticed and it didn't yeah. turn into like your kid's school is calling and they're like that's I what i was saying no? like oh, almost
0: <laughs> muddy thank him no, 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 no. instagram pta for like something i'll no, mention no it,
1: yeah! Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine if you had a PT account and an erotic that, account? I've seen
0: that happen. I've seen that happen. Oh, my
1: gosh. What? Hilarious. Really? What?
0: It was like someone that sold naughty toys
1: and it ended up on like a cheerleading page. She was like a cheerleader oh no. coach. And then suddenly everyone's like, clearly we don't pay our coach enough. It's got a side hustle. <laughs> and I could not look away. I was like, this is the best. <laughs> Okay, Is so that, that's probably the worst thing that could happen. That's been. the worst yeah. thing that could
0: happen, you know. But then you might like actually get some
2: people. new, yeah, people, yeah. right? <laughs> Yeah, it's hilarious because I have this pen name and it's not like super secret, but I'm trying to keep them separated, you know. And everybody that I was thinking, like, I wonder what they would think about this pen name. And then finally I revealed myself and they're like, that's amazing. I want to read it. And I'm like, oh, and okay. everybody has been so amazingly supportive of it. I've been really shocked. It's been great too, finding, hey, actually, I don't have to be shy about this. People
1: who are gonna want to read the books are my people and if they don't that's fine not that big a deal i saw a tiktok last night that said one of the best things you can do for yourself as a woman is to invent an alter ego and in a few years you will realize she is your most authentic self i thought that was interesting Mm
2: -hmm. yeah it's been so amazing to be able to write these books for one thing and just have fun and be wild with it and push the line the first book i found a list of 69 kinks online and I went down the list and I was like, okay, so I've got this book written. Where can I include more things? And I just went down the list and put everything that I could put in there. And the content warnings and like, and the tropes and kinks and everything, it's like two columns long. It's so long because I tried to put everything in there. I was like, I'm going to go as far as I can in this direction and then see what people respond to. And a lot of people have enjoyed it and a lot of people haven't. And that's okay. And then I wrote some other books that are more fluffy and cute and People have really been responding to that. So I'm like, okay, it's been a way to experiment. Because with my Sarah Blair account, I kind of feel more like this is what I've set. And people know me as this thing. And it's technically the real me. So that's a little bit different, I think. But it's my pen name, Anything Goes.
1: I love that. Sarah, would you say that if it's not a little bit fun, something is wrong? I
2: think if it's not a little bit fun and it just feels like work. I think he probably need to figure out why and adjust for that. Because in this day and age... I think everything from the pandemic has kind of taught us like, hey, we need to enjoy life as much as we can. And if we're doing things that are just a slog and just make us unhappy, I think we need to reevaluate what we're doing and why we're doing it. This is so much fun for me. I love helping people and talking about these things and learning about these things and just getting better and having these skills. I never in my life thought that I would have these kind of skills. I never knew I could design book covers and And do a good job at it and design beautiful things and posts and be silly and talk about my favorite show have people excited to listen to what I had to say. That's actually one of the dreams that I had when I was in middle and high school, watching the X-Files, like, wouldn't it be so amazing if I could just talk about the X-Files and people would want to listen to me? That's a pipe dream. That'll never happen. And now look, like I'm interviewing cast members. We had X-Best and I got to meet most of the cast. And it's been an amazing experience and just doing what I love and being able to share that with other people and have them be excited about it too. It's pretty amazing. That is really cool.
0: Life is so whimsical and cool. And like put yourself out there and give yourself permission just to show up. Cool stuff can happen. Can you talk about how much time per day you spend writing and how much time you spend curating your online presence? See, that's a tough question because I try
2: specifically to not even think about it. because I feel like it's a lot. It feels like a full-time job between the two of them. Usually I spend probably about two hours writing. I try to get up early. Early in the mornings when it's real quiet at my house because I have two kids. They're 10 and 7. And when they come home from school or anything like that, they want snacks. They want everything. They want everything. Yeah. (laughs) They want everything. you know snuggles and I want to give them that attention so in the mornings it's a lot easier for me I just usually get up at five or six in the morning and spend some time when nobody else is awake and then I'll spend way too much time on Instagram it's pretty much constantly I'm on Instagram making comments interacting with people I use Canva just all the time it's a platform it's like graphic design but it's really easy to use I'm making graphics and promo things reels that kind of stuff on Canva and trying new things and a lot of it is is watching videos and learning about new ideas and marketing techniques.
0: So it's a full-time job. You're writing and you're marketing. You're a full business. I mean, do you see direct bang for your buck. in the book side of sales, the more you post or a specific post, you'll have a spike. Yes, I'm starting
2: to see that more, but at the beginning, not at all. And yeah, it does make a difference when I really put an effort in. But I think also it depends on your genre and what's hot and what's going on. It's like romance is really big right now. And I kind of discovered the romance and the the smut talk and all that. It's been fun to discover and go down that rabbit hole on Instagram. I'm not so much on TikTok. At the very beginning, before TikTok was hardly even a thing. I got on there and it was just all these like super young people. And I was like, this is not where I belong. There's definitely a different vibe between the people who post TikTok videos and the Instagram reels. I feel like the TikTok videos are much more casual and very personable and people chilling out and talking. And I just don't feel comfortable when I watch other people do it. It's fine. I admire them (laughs) that they can do that. be genuine and I do believe that they are being genuine but when I try to do it I'm just like hey cool kids what's going on and like it just doesn't feel genuine to me when I get on reels I think it's more acceptable to kind of do the lip sync and try to take the audio from other people and other things and put your own spin on it and that's what I enjoy doing and that's fun for me so I feel a lot more comfortable in that sphere I think that makes a difference just
1: wherever you're most comfortable and you can just be yourself so let's say that you are hired as a consultant for a new indie author and they need to start from scratch doing all of this. Where should they start? And let's throw in that they're probably shy too.
2: Probably shy. I would say that it's a good idea to start learning. Just watch reels. Find the hashtags that are in your niche and start following the people that have like a really big following. Like I follow Romantically Inclined. She's hilarious, Kate. She's so funny and she does all these really goofy reels and they're really relatable then try to figure out how to make that your own thing which is hard it's like when you're a writer they're like you have to develop your own voice you're like what does that mean you just know it when you feel it and it just feels right and comfortable it does take time and don't give up there's so many good people out there especially on instagram who offer great advice specifically for authors
1: so you've got this author. They probably have a smartphone, which is what they'll be filming mm-hmm. on. Do they need a microphone? Do they need a backdrop? Do they need lights? Do they need a whole soundstage? Tell us more no, about that part. No,
2: not to concern started. It's important to have good lighting, but you have the sunshine. Just film. Canva is really intuitive. I've tried to learn some things in Photoshop, and I have been able to watch tutorials on YouTube and learn a little bit of Photoshop, but it's really
0: complicated. And Canva is very Point and click, it just makes yeah. it so simple. Canva always reminds me, I don't know if you guys had this when you were a kid. It was like a magnetic board that was like a setting. And then you would have all like the little magnetic stickers, and you could put the stickers and build exactly the scene you want. Like, I don't know. I may have aging myself. Jessica's looking at me like no, I did not know.
1: I was thinking about kid picks, which was one of those really early graphic design things. You yeah. can yeah, old max, like around the flying toaster.
0: Right. And it's so easy because it's like, here's your base, here are your choices, you can move. Them all around. You can start over. And so I think if you're going to try to promote something, it's just a great thing just to start practicing now.
1: So, Sarah, they've got this video. They filmed it presumably by a window of themselves. Do they then open Canva, get a template for Instagram, throw the video in there? Tell us that process.
2: It depends on what you really want to do. I just started out with just doing everything within Instagram. Instagram makes it really easy to just drop in your video and to look. Sync. be find sounds it's not as intuitive i think as canva but once you learn it and there's so many tutorials that you can watch that's how i learned i would just go on youtube and type in the thing that i needed to learn and watch a tutorial there are plenty of people who you can find who do tutorials within instagram like they do their own real tutorials there's so much help for free that you can get and find you just have to put the work in to watch it
1: and find it Okay. So we've got Instagram. Go to a window. You film your content after you've done lots of research of people in your niche. You come back, you put it into Canva and put it into Instagram or you edit an Instagram, you post it. So that's Instagram. Yes. Am I missing Mm -hmm. lots of steps? I still haven't learned how to do this.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a learning curve for sure. But
0: once you get a system down and it gets much easier, do you talk about other people and yourself? Do you just talk about yourself? Like, where is the line for you as you curate your own page? And like, how would you suggest that another writer goes about that? Curating a page, trying to sell things, promote things, while also supporting the other writers around us. I like that you brought up that point because
2: it's really important when you are trying to, you know, quote, quote, build your brand as an author. You have to decide what things do you want to include that you're comfortable with. And I have learned those things, you can call them content buckets. So if you imagine them as buckets, and you only need maybe three or four buckets. So I have my writing bucket, my reading bucket, and my book bucket. And I stick to those things. And sometimes I'll post about me as a writer or an author. Sometimes I'll post about me as a reader, books I'm reading, other authors. And that's how I try to like support other authors. And then my actual books. I try not to post about anything too personal. And I know I'm catering to Instagram, but that's just like where I'm most present at this point. There's definitely... Definitely like other spaces, you know, if you're on Facebook, there's a lot of different things that you can do on Facebook. And each platform has different things that you can do that you can specialize in. As far as the spaces on Instagram, you have your main feed, you've got reels and videos, and then you've got your stories. And there's a lot of different things that you can do and focus on within those three things. So my main feed, I try to post more stuff about myself and the books I'm reading. And the reels are more silly. That's where like I bring the humor to it. And then stories is a lot more personal where I'll share things from other pages and try to promote other people in my stories and occasionally if something like really funny or weird happens to me I might post like, a personal video just talking about it. but it's something that I don't
0: want to be on my feed forever so I post it in the stories because those disappear. Have you I, ever seen a writer just watch it? If it goes poorly like how much reification has there been or is it okay to make a mistake and just pull it? Have you seen that? What happened and why is it okay? I
2: haven't really personally witnessed that. I think people tend to be more forgiving than you might. Might sink. And I think personally, the pages that stand out to me more are the ones that look a little bit more consistent. But I don't think you can go wrong
0: with posting different things. When I looked at your website, and I looked at your Instagram, it all felt like the same person. And you can tell that that was a thoughtful decision that was a very specific and conscious decision on my part that I really worked
2: hard to tie everything together. And the big difference for me was I really struggled with my website and it wasn't until Canva actually made it possible to design and publish websites that I really was able to finally get exactly what I wanted because I'm just not great with WordPress and I could never get anything that, yeah, I was never satisfied. And it's great because using Canva, I can can just design it how I want. And if there's anything that needs changing, I can just go in and change it and update. It's great. It's amazing. And I actually had a friend, my friend Amy Mertz, she does branding for her day job. She's also an author. She helped me so much. (laughs) She went through and helped me get together a branding kit. And I just use specific colors and then I use the black and white and then I use turquoise, purple and pink and just try to keep all the colors and fonts consistent on my page. And I don't think people have to go that far necessarily, but I think it's a lot easier when you can have your content buckets and choose specific things to stay consistent with so people know what to expect when they come to your page. And interacting is really the most important thing. It depends on also what you want to focus on because you've got your audience building and your selling stage and your promotion stages. And that's a whole other thing to think about. What purpose are you trying to work towards at this point? And that changes over time. You're not always doing the same thing.
1: Okay, so to put this in linear order, step one, decide you're going to be an author. And so you should probably get yourself on some social media and some other ways to promote it. Step two, start looking at people who are doing something in your niche, figure out what they're doing well, save some sounds. Step three, choose your buckets and your a few colors. You'd say three or four, yeah? Three or four colors that you like for your page so you can be visually interesting. And then just start, it sounds like experimenting. I love how you're like, well, this would be fun. Let's give it a go. And Mm -hmm. all while knowing that you have a larger margin of error than you think that you do. Tell Mm -hmm. us more about interaction. You said it was the most important thing. How does a person get good at interaction? Practice (laughs) and just being friendly. The trick that I
2: learned to be able to meet people is, you know, you don't ever want to just drop into people's DMs randomly, especially if you don't know them or anything. But in stories on Instagram, if you see somebody post something and there's like the response At the bottom, you respond to their post that they posted and you automatically get into their DMs that way. So I make it a point to try to find new people or if someone that I've never met posts something nice on like comments and sees one of my posts and they're nice, say something kind or just leave something supportive. I will go look at their stories and watch their stories and look for something that I can respond back to. And then that opens up a dialogue with the DMs. And sometimes people will be friendly and talk and other times they'll be less, they'll be quiet. And but. It's a less intrusive way to get in and start to interact with people. And I've met so many fun people that way.
1: What is the etiquette of that? If you have gone into a stranger's DMs, is that the equivalent of calling someone out of the blue now?
2: Kind of. Yeah, I think so. And it depends on how you go about it. I mean, I get a lot of DMs from people who are obviously either bots or they treat Instagram like a dating app. And I'm like, no, I'm not here. This isn't Tinder. No, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. So I just block them and move on. You can tell, you know, who's genuine and who's not pretty easily. Yeah.
1: One asked if I wanted to photograph myself wearing their jewelry, which I found hilarious. So I knew they were a bot.
2: Uh, Yeah. Usually it's pretty cool. I just try to find something to relate
1: to. And people are usually pretty excited to talk about something that you have in common. So step one, treat people like people. Don't slide into DMs because it is like calling them out of the blue. And don't try to sell sketchy things to strangers. Yes, (laughs) I keep hearing Lizzo in my ear as
0: we talk about the DMs. So fun. So I saw that you had a newsletter and we love our email list and it's such a great way to really solidify relationships. Tell us, about your newsletter, do you send it out often or is it something where you just use it for announcements? I thought that was a really smart way to take social media to your website to something more personal.
2: Yeah, I don't use my newsletter as often and as well as I should. It is definitely the most secure way to find people and to build your list and to build your community. As far as newsletters go, I write my newsletter as one of my characters. I have this character, Williams, in the Tides of Darkness series. So I sometimes I'll write it as myself, but sometimes most of the time it's him. And he's such a goofball that it makes it way more fun for me. To write as an indie author, you try all the things and you try to build up one section of your platform. And, you know, right now I'm focusing more on Instagram and it's hard to do all the things all at once. And you don't really have to, but you just have to be conscious of what you are focusing on and be intentional with it.
1: So an author could probably choose a hub for their work. So that could be Instagram, that could be Twitter, that could be whatever social media they prefer, plus a newsletter, plus maybe one more thing. So you've got Instagram and a podcast, and you can of course put the podcast onto your Instagram and then show people that on your newsletter. Why don't you talk a little bit about podcasting? I know so many authors would feel more comfortable speaking and being heard than being seen. And they all think they have to dance if they're on TikTok. So why don't you talk a little bit about how that can be useful?
2: podcasting is fun because it's a great way to just have open conversations with people and to get in depth i've got a couple of podcasts that i've been listening to tall dark and fictional and tongue-in-cheek podcast or two and romantically inclined podcasts those are ones that i pay attention to and obviously yours Thanks. so and it comes and goes too. like a lot of times i'll be caught up on one and waiting for another episode and then i'll discover any podcasts so i kind of jump around a lot a thing i do when i'm listening to a podcast i find the podcast on Instagram and I'm like, I'm listening to this episode right now and I'm sorry, but I'm gonna be live listening and telling you my thoughts as I listen. And I hope you don't mind but here I am. And I've actually like made some really good podcasting friends that way. And it's fun to just listen and be able to react live and you know it opens up a good dialogue. And I can't think of too many people who would not like that. I mean, I guess they probably exist, but as a podcaster myself, It's always nice to know that people are listening and you're causing reactions in them, whether they agree with you or disagree with you. Usually it's been pretty positive, but it's always fun to interact with the people who listen. And so I, for one, really enjoy talking about the X-Files. So listeners of the Xcast, it's always fun when somebody comes in on the Xcast account and it's like, hey, I listened to this episode and I love what you said about whatever. And then you get to chat with them for a little bit and it's fun. Podcasting is great, especially if you can incite
1: conversations through what you're talking about. Yeah, we love that so much. (laughs) Yeah, that's the best. Okay. So we've got Instagram where you follow people you like, learn from people you like, Get yourself in Canva, which would be the tech part, post, hope for the best, share podcasting that would be find people you like and then what would be the next step for those potential podcasters out there
2: i think it just depends on what you want to podcast about for example if you enjoy a certain genre of book you can just podcast about what you're reading just be really intentional about what you want to talk about and what you can talk about a lot <laughs> our podcast the x cast we specifically go through and analyze the episodes of the x files so Our format is pretty straightforward. We do extra content for Patreon and and things like that. So you could just talk about books, but I think it's good to think about the types of books you want to talk about and how you want to discuss them and do you want to have a podcasting partner or do you want to just do it all by yourself? Think about those kinds of things, what you want to offer to people and then look up all the different platforms. (laughs) It's like, it's a lot. And to be honest, we have an executive producer. I'm one of the showrunners but our executive producer is the one who does like all the uploading and all of that. So I'm not so much involved and I can't really speak a whole lot to the backend stuff as far as that goes, but it's pretty easy to find. I think anchor and there are platforms out there that make
1: it pretty simple to upload and get your podcasts out there and kind of like with instagram you don't need a whole film studio you don't need a whole sound studio to make your podcast these days either yeah just a
2: decent mic i started off with just my headphones i have apple headphones regular ones with the little mic on it that's how i started out and it was a year or two before i actually got upgraded to a mic i have a yeti mic so it's pretty middle of the road But yeah, there's definitely ways to do it and it's not too expensive.
0: So once you're at this point, like once you're pre-established in your social media and you have a following and one of the coolest things that happens is you have other people starting to share your posts, other people starting to share your Instagrams into their own stories so that you can see your work moving from place to place via social media. Not maybe necessarily going viral, but still getting traction that way, which is a great way to build your following more easily. Do you have any tips on getting people to share your podcast or to add your reel to their story? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the best way to try to get that done without begging people to do it?
2: They <laughs> ask them. I guess. Yeah. I'm the way that I've gone about it is I started posting my stuff and then I got some people in Bookstagram. I tried to specifically, I don't want to say target, but lightly stalk Bookstagrammers <laughs> politely. I made it a point to go through and look for people who are sharing books and the type of books that I write. And then I will befriend them via the ways that we talked about, you know, through the stories and the DMs and liking their posts and commenting on their posts. And, you know, it takes a long time. It's a long game. But over time, I've built some people who are very willing and able to share when I post. And it's mutual. I post for them. And as soon as I start sharing their work, they notice me and are like, oh, she must really like what I do. What does she do? And then they see my work and then they like my work. And they're like, oh, well, I want to share her stuff, too. Mm -hmm. So it's a back and forth. And it's easy to share because there's so many nice people. You know, there's so many other authors. It's easy and fun. And whenever somebody has a book coming out, it's easy to get excited because it's all genuine. I enjoy supporting other people and getting excited for when other authors have their books come out. It's a fun event.
1: So, Sarah, where are the best places to find you online?
2: I'm at author.sarah.blair on Instagram, and I'm Sarah L. Blair on Twitter. And you can find me on my website, sarahlblair.com, and the Xcast and X Files podcast on Instagram, where
0: Xcast Pod Twitter is the X underscore cast. So really interesting chat today.
1: Thank you so much. Sarah, this was so much fun. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank Thank you. you. I'm sure this is going to help a lot of writers. I hope so. Yeah.
1: I always love talking about writing and and
2: marketing and it is a lot of work, but hopefully it's fun work. I always enjoyed learning about it and developing those skills. So hopefully other people will too. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you, ladies.
0: We are so glad that you joined us. And as always, we appreciate your feedback. Just head on over to the iTunes store and let us know what you think. It not only helps us make this podcast be the best it can be,
1: but it also affects our ratings within the iTunes platform. We'd love to hear from you. If you're feeling brave and want to submit your page for our First Pages podcast, you can send it to academy at manuscriptwishlist.com with First Pages podcast in the subject line. We'd also just love to hear from you. And if you'd like
0: to learn more about the Manuscript Academy and everything we have to offer, just jump on over to manuscriptacademy.com.